TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. This is America's team. I'm Austin York. That's Tristan Rhines, Dylan Reed. We're back once again, all together after several weeks of absence. And that's because there's not a lot going on after the draft. This is kind of that Deadpool. We saw a little bit of mini camp. We saw a little bit of rookie camp, uh, OTAs. Uh, So we're trying to get the idea of what the Cowboys are really going to look like this next season. But before we get into all of that, I wanted to start about the with the news that broke today, and we're filming or we're filming this. We're recording this on a (laughs) on a uh, Thursday evening, in which several NFL players from the Colts were suspended because they were gambling, and it Mm -hmm. looks like one of the guys was actually gambling on his own team and gambling an over-under on rushing yards, it turns out. That's from reports. We don't know exactly what the bets were made. But they have been suspended indefinitely for the rest of this season, obviously. Mm-hmm. And the next season they can reapply to get back in the league. But I find this to be a very laughable suspension. And I'm going to take a very hard stance on this because I just think that the NFL embracing DraftKings and FanDuel and, and online gambling the way they have – Sports gambling, it's absolutely amazing to me that they go after one of their own guys or any players for making a bet on anything. Now, mm-hmm. if you're betting on your own team, okay, but you're making a bet on the NBA Finals or something, you make a little side money, $1,000, nothing big. What is wrong with that? Am, mm-hmm. I, am I the only one in here? Dylan, I'll start with you. Uh, well, I mean, for me, it, it's interesting because – There is a large amount of hypocrisy towards that, obviously. NFL investing heavily into gambling. We all know that many NFL owners, heck, the NFL owner here in town, Jerry Jones, very much so wants to install a sportsbook inside of his own arena. I mean, he's been very open about that for several years now. Now, I will say this. There are two sides of this coin. I think the rule is ridiculous. I think the fact that they're suspending these players, and like you mentioned, as long as, to me, on a personal level, as long as you're not actually gambling on your own team, I think you should be able to gamble even within the league. I just don't see the big deal there. But I will say this. The other side of the coin is this. I kind of look at this gambling thing a little bit a little bit, like, like I look at the pot rule, the whole pot thing. You know what I mean? These players know when they're going to be drug tested, so it's pretty easy to avoid getting caught smoking marijuana, despite the fact that a vast majority of the league does so. I kind of feel that way about this gambling thing. I think it's ridiculous, but I also think that the rules are, at least from what I understand, seem pretty clear and they're pretty straightforward. You can't gamble as an NFL player at any level. You can't even play fantasy football. Once again, stupid and dumb, and I disagree with it, but I do think it's like pretty easy to follow. So it puts me in this weird place where I'm like, I feel sorry for the players because I disagree with the rule. But if they know the rules. Yeah, but if it were me, I'm kind of like, you know, people, you always hear the like, oh, well, they're young and they're in their 20s. And I'm like, I feel like if 22-year-old Dylan was making millions and millions of dollars and all I had to do was 
not gamble to continue doing that, I probably would have. So I'm in a weird place. I feel bad for the players because I think the rule is dumb. But I also kind of think they're kind of dunces for gambling when it's so clear you're not allowed to. I really don't have a nuanced <laughs> opinion on this. Um, I, 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 you both make some really good points, to be completely fair here. Um, I don't think it's the biggest thing in the world either. Like, mm-hmm. It's like, come on, man. I, just don't, I don't really have a prepared answer for this yeah. question because there are a couple of different ways of looking at it. I think you do make a great point, though. If your employer says, look, if we discover you've been gambling, then you're out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just our rules. That's part of our CBA. That's part of the uh, the NFL Players Association, the bargaining agreements, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Like, if your opportunity is, oh, I'm going to potentially make millions of dollars or even hundreds of thousands of dollars, yeah. why would you put that at risk, right? For a simple thing of, oh, I, I was trying to make uh, a little bit of a parlay. I thought I was going to have a big day and I wanted to bet on myself. Or I thought my boy was going to have a big day. Don't do it, right? Calvin Ridley lost, what, a year, two seasons yeah. uh, of his career that he could have been making what, $30, $40 million. Now he's back with the Jaguars. Is finally able to play again. Uh, these guys, not to the echelon of a Calvin Ridley, may never see the field again. Just, oh, I threw up a couple bets. Like there, it's Another part of it is the league isn't terribly consistent. Uh, you saw Joe, uh, what's his name? Uh, Williams uh, yeah. for the Lions. Jameson uh, Williams. Jameson yeah. Williams, excuse me. Uh, for the Lions getting a six-game suspension for bets he made within the team facilities. Yeah, that, that is, the, you got people looking over your shoulder, your own guys that are supposed to be looking out saying, yo, I don't think you should be placing that that's bet. Bad. And maybe bad. another part of it is the silliness of you put your own name and information within this. You don't have a guy uh, you can yeah, go I don't know. that too. And, and I'm, I'm not necessarily sure how they got caught. I know that yeah. it wasn't like... Hey, this is Austin York one two three at Gmail or something. The point I'm I'm making is that I just don't think that this is the consistency is always messed with me with the NFL. They've always gotten punishments wrong. If you're going to punish these guys, sure, fine them, mm-hmm. fine the hell out of them. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Say you get three months uh, of your paychecks docked or something, but you can still stay on the field. Yeah. The reason I say that is because, like you said, you're ruining these guys' career. And, and yes, maybe they took the chance that they shouldn't have taken, but we all know that they're young and you're dealing with a lot of money. I just think when you look around the league and you see that they're saying, hey, fan duels and draft kings and, mm-hmm. and GMC, or Caesars last, and GMC. The last GMC. few years you can't watch a game without seeing mm-hmm. a Oh, my God. Any platform. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> it's yeah. the Vegas Raiders. I mean, yeah. that's one of the reasons the NFL was real reluctant because they didn't want mm-hmm. this kind of thing uh, infiltrating the NFL and they wanted to keep it nice and clean and, and they wanted to protect the integrity of the game. The problem is, is that that is very hypocritical when you want to make millions and millions of dollars yeah. off these deals with these guys. Yeah. And then you have one of your players making $1,000. That's what he made, $1,000. Now, I agree, you hit them a little harder if they, you find that they're betting on their own team. And mm-hmm. this guy, if he was saying, hey, Jonathan Taylor, he's getting a little bum ankle. I don't think he's going to hit 75 <laughs> yards this week. Then go ahead. Go ahead and bust him a little bit more. But the idea that you're just busting him for a whole season is ridiculous, and you gave the six uh, week or the six, six week suspension, suspension yeah. on mm-hmm. the other guy. That is exactly what I'm talking about. It's the inconsistency we see this with uh, domestic violence and things yeah. like that. I'm Very inconsistent. You have a, you have a tier list for okay. The first time you only get a few, and the second time this, and like mm-hmm. it just keeps escalating. And from then you there. get these, but you have idiots. no clear cut definitions for what you're going to do for gambling severity, gambling yada yada. Yeah, they're all over the place with their rulings. There's no question about it. 
and that's, no question that's one of the things I think the NFL needs to clean up, and we wanted to get that out of the way with yeah. you. That was on bearing on my chest here <laughs> before we started all of this. I wanted to look at uh, a couple of things. Um, one of the one of the issues that you're going to have coming up here real soon is the Micah Parsons issue. And mm-hmm. I know that this isn't the season that they're looking at that, and he's still got a couple of years on his rookie deal. But it's always fun to look ahead. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was sitting in the car with a, a buddy of mine who was not a Cowboys fan, but he mentioned something. He said, could you imagine what they're going to have to pay a, a Micah Parsons? Everything. I mean, they're, I mean <laughs> yeah. it's going to be a huge yeah. number. Now, to me, it all depends on what happens with Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. the 49ers, which I think that that's going to be – coming up rather, relatively soon. He's going to probably make about 35 yeah, somewhere million dollars a year. I think the the number one salary for an edge rusher right now, we talked about this before, I think it's around $28, 29000000 million right now. I think it's TJ Watt. Yeah. So it's, it's a Aaron pretty Donald, big deal. Aaron Donald well, at 32, I think. 30-something, right wasn't he? Uh, 30, it wouldn't 31. shock me. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it is, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's somewhere close to that. Yeah. So one at one and two, but either way, you're talking talking about maybe 33, 34, 35, somewhere yeah. in that range. And if you're looking at that number as the barometer, mm-hmm. then you're looking at Micah Parsons as higher than oh, that. 37, 40, 38. So the, it's the 40 whole, million whole dollar thing, edge rusher, man. There is a salary cap. Still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fake. Salary cap is fake. Oh uh, yeah, that's that's cap boy stuff. Exactly. But I was. For you though, you you brought up the 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 point that he was trying to get a little heavier and mm-hmm. work more as a D end. Yeah, and you brought up the point that this was going to probably affect his salary. That's yes. why he's saying that. I want to mm-hmm. be known as a D end, not as a linebacker, because linebackers, let's be honest, they don't make anywhere close to that right now. Exactly. To me, I don't think it matters. I think he's one of those guys that's just you're going to pay that guy an insurmountable amount of money. You better be prepared for it. Yes. And you better be prepared quick. What do you think? I mean, am I wrong here? Is this, mm-hmm. is this something, is this guy, I, I, perce- I see him as the highest paid defensive player of all time when yeah. his contract is signed. He'll probably be in that ballpark mm-hmm. for sure. Now, be, and part of it's also a little bit of ego, right? Every time somebody signs a new contract, well, I want to get I want to get $100,000 more dollars than that guy, or exactly. five more million dollars than that guy. Like, part I need of that's be- going to be, but... This is one of those cases where it's deserved. Like Micah Parsons is quite literally your game wrecker right now. Yeah. He's in the he's entering not even I would argue he's probably entering his prime years. Right, yeah, that's fair. like yeah. he, he like he he's still so early into his career, locking him down. I mean, even if the Cowboys were like, you know what, our number one priority right now is going to get this dad uh, not dad, excuse me, uh, Micah Parsons contract figured out now because he's going to cost a ton of money. I don't think anybody bats an eye. That's no, number one no, priority. It's fine. He game wrecks. I remember the game last year. Against Against Cincinnati, he had three sacks, crucial moments against the Bengals, and he basically won that game for the Dallas Cowboys. That is the impact that Mike has for you. So a $35 million a year contract for this guy, whether he considers himself a linebacker or defensive end, he's the Swiss Army knife yes. for that defense. He is what makes Dan Quinn's defense chug along and work. Pay him what he wants. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's <laughs> exactly right. I mean, He's worth it. Exactly. I mean, exactly. And, and, and you're right, Austin. I mean... Do, do I think that he wants to get a little bit heavier to classify as a DN for financial purposes? Possibly. But at the end of the day, when Micah Parsons comes due to get paid, he'll be the highest paid defensive player of all time, no doubt. And quite honestly, like Tristan just said, it'll no doubt be well-deserved. I mean, he he's so much more than just 
a sack rate and even he's so much more than a pressure rate guy. Like he's like his impact on the defense creates a ripple effect that goes beyond the defensive line. His play in that defensive line affects everything behind him because it's at such a high level. So if he hits 35, if it's 40, who knows what it'll be 45? Who knows? Look, the NFL makes more money than any other league in the world, essentially, and the salary cap's only going in one direction. And I understand that it's considered hard to some degree. I think um, Stephen Jones and I would disagree on that. And I think that Micah Parsons, yes, like, like I've been repeating, highest-paid defensive player of all time, Do, 35 to $40 million. When Who you have someone like that, and then you have Dak, who's yeah. going to cost you... Probably 43, 44 mm. at the time, even when with an Daniel Jones there. is getting 45, yeah. Yeah. you're probably looking north of that. Yeah, so just being fair. I'm just saying, yeah, an extension here, and especially if Dak does anything this mm-hmm. year, uh, now you've got almost a quarter of your your salary, maybe a little bit more than a quarter. You're, you're really looking at a heavy portion of that. It's tied up in two players. If you had to choose between one, well, you get rid of Dak, or do you go? Do you say, "Wow, wait a second here"? I don't know how you do that. I just think it. It, it to me. I know that the quarterback is what the quarterback is this day, and I, and if yes. you believe you've got the guy, that you got to pay him. But if let's say Dak does not have the kind of year that you expect him to have this year, and then you've got Micah on the horizon, would there be any kind of hesitation to say? Maybe we cut bait right now with Dak and, and try to go in a different direction while we still can get out of this contract with one year left yeah. or whatever. It's such a loaded question. It is. It it's is. it's a very loaded question because you're working with a lot of what-ifs and hypotheticals here. Yeah. But let's let's just say for the sake of argument, though, let's say Dak has maybe an arguably better year. Like he reduces the turnovers. They play mm-hmm. pretty well this year. They're definitely a playoff team. Um the quarterback position is still the paramount position of this game. It yeah. just is. Mm-hmm. Now, when you have an incredibly talented guy on the other side of the field who can make a difference, like Micah Parsons, that's phenomenal, right? But, like, for instance, Aaron Donald. I think there's a lot of people that would argue Aaron Donald's probably the best football player in the NFL currently. And maybe yeah. you can feel Micah Parsons is that, but I think there's a good argument for Aaron Donald. He's certainly a first battle hall of If fame. not now, at least used to be. Yeah. Aaron Donald can't win the Super Bowl by himself, right? Now, obviously, quarterbacks can't win them by themselves. They need a team around them. But if there's one guy that makes a real difference on whether or not you're putting points on the board, putting your your team in a position to win or lose games, man, sometimes it comes down to that quarterback. Uh, More than sometimes. It it does, and I think that that's that's why it it all depends on the season. I think this is such a, a crucial year for Dak. I believe that he probably one or two guys might have a little bit more pressure than him or equal pressure, but I think the pressure this year is so heavy on Dak. I, I think that, that this changes whatever happens this season, changes the course of this franchise for a while. Do we stay with Dak or do we start thinking about the future? All depends on what and how he plays this season. I think Micah's here regardless. Yes. I think he's yeah. the best since Lawrence Taylor. I, um, I think if we're being reasonable here, he's probably going to get around a 35-year like yeah. year contract, which is a lot of money, uh, understandably, and, and but awesome. you're not making quarterback money at that rate. No. So, no. And it's just so hard. And I don't want to like take over your, your, yeah. your time here, but no, 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 no. look, 
It's so hard to find good quarterbacks. It just oh, is. It is. And, and we talk about we talked about this before months and months and months ago during Look the, the playoffs, Jets. right? Yeah. Look at the Jets, right? Um, we talked about this months and months and months ago about is Dak good? Is he great? Right? I think he's very good. I think there are times where he can be great. And he shows signs of greatness, but he's not consistently great. But yeah. how long do you want to risk losing your franchise and frustrating your fan base further by oh we're going to start looking for the next? prodigal son our next quarterback to lead us to the promised land mm-hmm. it's it's a tough yes. question and you look at the eagles they they were basically in that that no man's land and lucked into yeah. jalen hurts it fell into hurts in the second round i'm sorry i mean yeah and and the bottom line is they were really ready to get rid of him at the beginning of last yeah. year they wanted yeah. russell wilson so yes you can value. really go into that that area where i don't know know where we're heading we do have this some uh, news that the Cowboys, and this is a report, Cowboys could be prepared to offer C.D. Lamb about 25, 20 to $25 million. Any mm. problem on that from either one of you guys here? Um, you go ahead first. I'm going to mm. check something on this. I mean, I think twenty five to th- you, you've got to pay him twenty that. to twenty five to thirty. I think that's all fair. I mean, he's he's, he's it, your number one. He is a number one in this yeah, league, top he, ten easily. He he's your number one. I don't have a problem with the money, and like I have to, I have to say that just as someone who like goes on cap salary cap websites all the time, I'm always pouring through numbers and stuff. I don't have a problem with uh, CD getting that number. Um, I don't have a problem. I mean, honestly, even further back, I don't have a problem with Dak, Dak's numbers at all, because I don't personally believe that. If Dak Prescott is here for the next three or four years, that he'll ever make above thirty-five or so million dollars, maybe even thirty. He's going to be restructuring his deal next year to be making somewhere around twenty-three. So I think that while Dak is here, I think that he's made enough money now to where he's going to start being. I mean, not trying to be like this, but being Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Being I Tom it. Brady. Smart. I hope he. I hope you're I, right. He's a. He's, he's got a great head on his shoulders, and like, quite frankly, when you're not, and it's not a shot at Dak. But when you're not, and we've talked about it before, we don't think he's uber elite. We just think he's good, like Tristan said, very good. When you're not that uber elite, when you're not that Patrick Mahomes level, I think it's okay to take less and say, you know what? Pay that pay that CeeDee Lamb $25 million. Go pay Micah Parsons $30 million. Heck, see if you can sneak Diggs in, too, while you're at it. Like, I think that it— I think Diggs is going to be a harder sign. I think it he's going to be, it will gonna be. be a little bit tough. I think he's got his brother in him a little bit. They're obviously— and it depends Stephon on his season is, too. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's just I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see what mm-hmm. happens there. But I've got no problem with the CD money, man. I mean, it's like you mentioned, you got to pay the man. You just have to. That's he's he's your guy. Hearing a lot of things out of camp, how how much do you think Brandon Cooks is going to affect CD Lamb this year? Do you think he's going to pull away from CD Lamb's numbers, or is he going to enhance CD Lamb? Is it going to make everything better? I think that Brandon Cooks, uh, I got to watch him when he was a New England Patriot. I really loved him coming out of college, uh, especially with his time with the Saints. And he's been very successful everywhere he's been. He's been a 1,000-yard receiver for every franchise he's played for, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's Cooks, it's very impressive. Brandon Cooks is a terrific number two. He is your perfect number two for a guy like CeeDee Lamb. Because CeeDee Lamb's a little more Swiss Army. That's the way I at least look at him. I remember when he was uh, not in a college. And he's not necessarily a speedster guy, but he he's, he gets that yak yardage, right? 
I like Brandon Cooks as that compliment. Brandon Cooks could very well get 65 catches for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns, and that's a terrific season for your number two wide receiver. And CD could still put up 1,400 yards on like a prolific season, mm-hmm. uh, 90 catches and like eight or nine touchdowns himself. Those two te- those two can work very well in tandem. I see the potential there. Um, it's just going to come down to how pass-reliant is this Cowboys offense really going to be. But I don't think Cooks takes away from CD at all. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Uh, and that's the that's a perfect segue because I wanted to do these over unders with you guys mm-hmm. and, and to see if you guys have Dak, I'm looking at some of these and this is coming off this one particularly is coming off FanDuel, and that's the one I wanted to look at. They have an over under. Obviously you you say you can do the futures right now, and these will change as we get closer into the season. But uh Dak Prescott throwing for over thirty nine hundred yards this season. That's basically a four thousand yard season. Mm-hmm. Over forty or uh, four thousand yards. I personally don't know if he is. I, I think he if he does, he scrapes it, and it's not because he's not a pass efficient guy. We've seen him do this before. I just don't know what that McCarthy offense is going to look like. I think it's going to be a lot more ball control, running the clock down, be a little bit more efficient, and not the Kellen Moore, which is a little bit more aired out. And the Cowboys are used to. I know they have weapons, but I think McCarthy is a little bit more calculated in how they use that. So I would actually go under there. What say you? Uh, it's a tough one. I I think I agree with you. I think I'd go under as well. And I think what makes me kind of lean that direction is a lot more of I'm just a I'm not sure. All I know about the McCarthy offense right now is what I've heard from beat reporters and what I've heard from interview clips. And I think what we've heard is exactly what you indicated. He's looking to do more ball control, and he's looking to kind of keep it on the ground more. So that would make me think maybe not quite 39, 4,000 yards, maybe more like a 3,400 yard season, like still a really efficient season, like still like by no means am I saying Dak will have a bad season. I just don't think he'll air it out as much. What do you say? I think he's going over. I, yeah. I think Dax at the level and this receiving core, the, the, all these weapons that are built for this kind of passing game. I, I, I'm not saying he's going to throw 5,000 yards. Yeah. But I think he could probably hover around the 4,100 mark. I think I would take the over personally. And the reason I would, if I can't say both sides, and I don't want to, I'll, I'll still take the under, but the one reason I would lean that way is because I do think that Dak kind of feels that pressure too. Mm-hmm. And now that he has the weapons, everything he's been saying is it's all or nothing this season. This is the season. There's no excuses. And so there might be, hey, I'm here for a while, Mike. I'm I'm airing this out. And we've seen Dak get a little bit more aggressive in the yeah. last several years, and some of them have led to picks and stuff. But I, I still think that at the end of the day, if, if they're winning these games on the ground, I think Dak's smart enough. I think he's going to stick with that. I will say this, speaking of the ground then, Tony Pollard, over 1,100 yards rushing. 
or under. <laughs> well, he is the lone running back in this backfield. <laughs> as of as now. Of now. <laughs> so as of now, right? I mean, given the present circumstances, I feel like that would have to be – I feel like he'd probably go over, right? I, I mean, are we talking just rushing yards or scrimmage yards? This is rushing yards. Just, no, just scrimmage. rushing? Scrimmage way over for scrimmage sure. Scrimmage probably yeah. Way, yeah, yeah, way, yeah, way over. Way over. No, no, uh, no question. Just rushing yards. I, I think he's hovering around that, that mark. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fair to say, given present circumstances, he could probably get over 1,100 pretty soundly. There's just yeah. nobody else in that backfield right now I see that's going to push against him, and I don't expect them to throw the ball 50, 60 times a game. So, No. No, I I completely agree with you. See, I, and I know I've been maybe too high on Tony Pollard at times, possibly, if that can, if you can be that way, but I do really think... I know that last year, and I mean, you look at maybe his three-touchdown game and say, we've seen the high-water mark for Tony Pollard. We know the best he can be. But to me, I'm kind of thinking like this season could be the best we can see of him. We've got an offensive coordinator, meaning Mike McCarthy, who's looking to focus the game more on the run. And not a shot at Zeke. I know all I ever do when I talk about Zeke is how much he's hurt our team. But Zeke has kind of screwed Tony Pollard over over the last few years and like, Finally getting to be that guy, to be the number one. I mean, honestly, I think he could go. I think I think we could have like a 1,200 yards rushing and like a 750, 800 yard receiving 10 touchdown plus. Like I have large expectations for Tony Pollard this season. Wow. I'm going under uh, again, and I'll tell you, it's just because I don't see him. I, I don't think his workload it might increase a little bit, but I think that they're going to plug someone into the Ezekiel Elliott role. Now, he's going to be the featured back. Hopefully not Zeke, and, right? And somebody else. Yeah, and I don't think Zeke is on the team. Sorry about that, guys. I do think that they're going to try to use Deuce Vaughn in some ways. I do mm-hmm. think Ronald Jones is going to be a part of this offense. And I also think that this rookie, Hunter Lemke, is going to play a little bit of a role in the, the running game. The fullback, yeah. basically, uh, that they got out of, I believe, is North Dakota State as mm-hmm. an undrafted free agent. So, That's just a football factory. <laughs> yeah, I just— They're I, pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. I, I think that these—I think that that was when they signed him. I'm, I'm kind of—and I heard some good things out of camp. I'm thinking that's the that's the deal. And when you hear a guy like Zeke or uh, me, Zeke Dak come out and say, "Hey, man, Deuce, Deuce is really," I think he can immediately make an impact. And also, you have to remember about uh, was it uh, Turpin? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we didn't really see a lot of him last year on the offensive side of the ball. Oh, not until the very end, right? Yeah, the mm-hmm. very. I think yeah. that we got, we got I desperate. can definitely think that they they might be incorporating him a little bit more. I think that it's going to be a little bit more even. So I, I think Tony, if he does, he's going to catch a lot, obviously, mm-hmm. as well. So line of scrimmage stuff. But I would see him under here. Mm-hmm. And that leads to the last seven and a half touchdowns. Do you think uh, over under there for, for T- Tony Pollard? For TP. Yeah. For a feature running back, I, I, I'd I, say over again. Right? I, I just feel like these are yes. just a shy low, in my opinion. Yes, I think both of them are low. Uh, this 11, is one I'll grow, I will go yeah. over on this because I okay. see him around that. Like yeah. there's just so many opportunities. Oh, you're within five yards of the goal now, line. That said, rushing yeah. touchdowns. You're not so let's throw just the ball there. let's be honest. Okay, rushing touchdowns. Okay, rushing that's a little touchdowns. different because yeah. he's going to get some receiving touchdowns yes. too. There's no question. But I do think even just rushing, it's like it's like I've said, I'm extremely bullish on Tony this year, and I think that like Tristan just said, that's your feature running back right now. So this is, you're talking a feature running back on a top. This is fair to say, right? Top three team in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a team that I think most people would be pretty disappointed didn't at least get one playoff win, maybe even NFC Championship. So if this team is on that level, 
Tony Pollard is going to get eight rushing touchdowns. I mean, if he doesn't, either we picked up someone else who's really awesome. Maybe there's maybe uh, Leonard Fournette comes in and is like a goal line puncher for us, and he really kind of yeah. robs uh, Tony of some of those. Kind of like a who is that Lions running back that robbed Jamal DeAndre, Williams? Jamal Williams that robbed DeAndre Swift of all those fantasy points last year. Maybe it could be something like that. He's on your team, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah <he laughs> actually, thank you. Actually, I got screwed up. Yeah, but he was on Austin's team. <laughs> but but well, here's the thing: yeah. Pollard. I'm looking at it. He had nine last year, nine rushing touchdowns, and that's with Zeke, who had twelve. So and that's a shared. Just, yeah, yeah. If yeah. you just added a few of those less mm-hmm. uh, carries, so I think that 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 goes. Uh, way over there. That's low. That's low. Yeah, and the last question I have, Dak Prescott, 28 touchdowns. Do you think Ooh. he throws more or less than 28 touchdowns? And this is a number I can't find anywhere. I'm just going to throw that out there. Mm-hmm. Because, again, last year, what do you have, 35, 36, 30? I think so, something like this. Something 30, like that. I know yeah. he missed some games, so I, I might be a little low, but a little high. Man, I sound 28 like a, touchdowns. I must sound like a Cowboys fan on this podcast, because yeah. I, I think I think. 28's pretty reasonable. I think yeah. I think a decent quarterback in the NFL right now can hit 28. I think Dak's better than decent. I'm saying I'm saying over. Over. Yeah, I would go over. I would expect more of that number you just mentioned, like that 30 to 35 range. And are, are we talking just passing? Because Dak yeah, might give you yeah. a rush or two touchdown. And that's might, me throwing out the passing yeah. touchdown. I, I can't find that any problem. Yeah. I just put that number. I think over. Yeah, barring, I think barring over. any you know injuries. Yes, aside, yeah, obviously. these are all considering. We're assuming these guys 17 are games. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think he goes over in that as well. I, but I wouldn't go too much. Maybe 30, 31 mm-hmm. uh, touchdowns. I don't think he's hitting 40. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't no, no, again. No, no. Because that's more of a Kellen Moore air it out. I just don't think that we're in that era right now. And the last question I have for you guys: Out of the rookies that the Cowboys that the Cowboys have got, we've heard about a little bit. Is there one that you're most excited to see? Is there one that you're like, God, I really want to know what they're going to do with this guy? Uh, mm. Or man, I've heard a lot about him. I can't wait to see blank on the mm. field. I Who mean, would it be? I hate to be like the most service level of football fan here but like wouldn't it be kind of crazy if i didn't say mozzie smith like i mean your first round pick he's your first round pick he's the first gigantic large man the cowboys have drafted in that position in in like a very long time and i mean we've been sitting here talking about how awesome micah parsons is we've been sitting here i've mentioned earlier well hey you know Sometimes you might see Tank get moved into a defensive. So we've got all of these edge rushers that are just waiting for some anchor to hold down the center of that defensive line and make two offensive linemen. You have to. When Mozzie Smith is on your defensive line, that other team has to dedicate two defensive or offensive linemen to him every single time. And if they don't, Mozzie Smith is going to create pressure up the middle, push your little quarterback outside, and then Micah Parsons or Tank Loris or whoever heck else is going to feast on them. So that's who I'm most excited to see. Is there one for you? I'm going to say Luke Shoemaker. I'm I'm I was really big on the tight ends in this year's draft class, and Shoemaker coming in, I, I think yeah. he could very well be competing for that starting role. I I, I, I see him so. as a very good red zone threat over the middle. I know Cowboys love their tight ends over the middle, yep. historically Jason Witten esque. So yeah, I like Luke Shoemaker. That's who I that's who I'm going to spotlight personally. You know, I'm looking at the defense and. Uh, as well, but I'm not going to go the first. I think that that one's pretty obvious. Mm-hmm. I, I, everyone wants that first round pick, but a guy I, I don't know why, and I've heard a lot of things. And again, this is all coming from camp. It, it was hard for me, either overshone, with the fourth round pick. This guy from uh, Fajoco, mm-hmm. uh, it, it just 
when I, I I heard I kept hearing this whenever Dan Quinn was was being interviewed about how he loved that guy's motor and that guy just came in and he was all all over the place and it seemed like a Dan Quinn pick. He was so happy to see what he he's going to do with him, put him on the DN and stuff. That's a guy that I mean he got for nothing. He could have gone higher. Uh, there was a, there were a lot of people that were high on him in general, but yet it seemed like there's not a lot of noise about it. Out of San Jose State, correct? Yeah, that's, that's probably it. why. That's yeah, exactly that's why. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. Uh, I, and if I, that was a 1A, if I could have a 1B, it would be overshown because mm-hmm. the same thing. When they drafted him, they were flipping out and going. There was consideration from what I hear. The Cowboys wanted to take him in the second round, but they thought, well, maybe we could get him in the third. So they've got a plan for that guy. And both those guys seem like, to me, Dan Quinn is just you know mm-hmm. rubbing his hands together and everything like that. So I think that those are the two guys that I'm excited to see. So until next time, we're going to take a little bit of a break. We are going to come back for, with America's team. America's team, I should say. Austin York, Dylan uh, Reed, and Tristan Rines. Until next time, have a great one, guys. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.